Welcome to the Manifesting Clarity Podcast, the show that empowers you to unlock your full potential and create the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Jen Roth, and I am beyond grateful to be here with you today. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back. Oh, it has been a minute since I have played an interview style. So I'm grateful for all of you listeners to be able to meet a new, new dear sister. I am so excited to get to know more about you today, Tessa. I am a Tessa Terry who is turning RVs into luxury tiny homes on wheels. I must say, we're part of a, a podcast group and I was, I'm rarely in there, but occasionally at night I'm scrolling through and I saw a photo of what you're up to. What was incredible to me is that it seems like you are doing something that really aligns with you. Something that at least at this moment in time, I hope and pray for you is lighting your heart up a good amount because one, you're phenomenal at what you're doing. And then the other is I have a dear friend, Andrea, who has been sending me luxury tiny homes on wheels for years now. It's her obsession. And she goes and she learns about them and then she'll post about them just to be able to share because she's not quite at that point of really wanting to do it for herself yet. And yet it brings her to life in a whole new way. So it hit a really special chord for me as one of my dear, dear sisters is probably wanting to do what you're doing, but definitely wanting to live in what you're creating. So I've been sending her photos of your projects and what you're up to. And I'm thrilled for the world to get to know who you are and your journey. Get started with your exciting projects. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. First of all, I know it was last second. I'm so excited to be here. But yeah, I, I started, I have a very long-lived uh, design background, um, specifically with the RVs that started in 2021 for me. And uh, I, I found an RV for sale online. I had no experience with them. Uh, my grandparents had one when I was a kid, but like as an adult working in them, I had zero experience. And uh, when I went to look at it, I really envisioned this home-like space and and I looked around and I, I found this void in the industry where there was upgraded campers, but they still had a camper feel to them. And I really wanted to create a space that felt and looked like a home, but was practical enough to be in a tiny moving space. Um, so it was a total take a chance situation. I bought that travel trailer. Um, at the time, my husband was working full time. He was working a nine to five. So it took me six months on that first one. And uh, when I finished it, it was exactly how I wanted it to be. It sold within 24 hours. Yeah, I, I dove in head first. Uh, my husband quit his job and I've been doing this full time ever since. So it's it's been a process and it's been a fun one for sure. And what was your husband doing before? Uh, he was a trainer at a phone company and he was working at a call center, actually. So it was gruelingly long days. He was driving almost an hour back and forth to work each way. So um, that was nice to to get away from that that nine to five. So, did either of you have any background at all in construction? Are you both doing this all on your own? Are you hiring some parts out? What are what? Walk us through the process. 
Yeah. So actually I do all of this myself. My husband's a stay at home dad. He homeschools our kids. I do electrical, flooring, painting, wallpaper, the design, everything in there is what I do. Our background, my background in particular, we bought a house uh, when we first moved to South Carolina. We gutted it and renovated it. So we had that under our belt. We lived in a tiny house for a year when we first moved here, which has been almost 10 years now. Growing up, my parents bought fixer-upper homes. I've never actually bought a home that was just moving ready. That was just standard to me to do a ton of work and renovate it. So I had that as a background. Like my parents had a, they have a Victorian lampshade company. So design and renovation has always been a part of my life in one way or another. I love having conversations with people and meeting new people. We all have such interesting stories and bits and pieces or parts that align or come through. So when you jumped on and we're sharing, tell us more about this Victorian lamp lampshade company and who has the design. Yeah, it's my uh, parents started the Victorian lampshade company in 1990. And they actually started by bending wire hangers in the shape of frames and covering them. That was in the early, early days of it. So of course, it's it's gone a lot from there. But my mom designs all the shades. And then my dad actually hand welds the frames now and designs that aspect of it. Yeah, both of my parents are very much inventors and creators. And that's what I got really lucky to grow up um, seeing. It, it definitely created who I am today and how I look at the world. Their company is called Plain Jane Shop. They have a website, plainjaneshop.com. But, you know, Back in the 90s, we we drove to um, furniture stores and stuff and sold it. Now, of course, with online, it's a totally different world. So they sell completely online. We do a lot of international sales. Our lampshades are in Disney World on Main Street in front of the castle and shops. Um, we've done Paris hotels, New York City restaurants, um, Disney's Haunted Mansion movie, all the shades that are there. There's actually a scene where like, Danny DeVito and Owen Wilson are fighting and like they almost knock over one of the shades I made. So that was kind of cool. Um, so but we excited. get to do a lot of, yeah, we get to do a lot of fun projects like that. Oh, that's awesome. So fun. Okay. Back to what you're up to. <laughs> so a mom of two, are you teaching yourself this all the time? Oh, for sure. I mean, the whole thing was a learning project. So, um, you know, you're working just just for an example, you're working with like 12 volt lighting. So the electrical is totally different from a house. Every one that I design, it's like, I, I kid about it, but it's like designing a house that's guaranteed to get hurt, hit by an earthquake. Because when you're going down the road, that's literally what's happening. So the entire design have to be um, focused on weight. Uh, you can't go over the weight limit. You know, you have to make things practical when you live in a small space. Storage is really important. So yeah, there's there's a lot of things to keep in mind. I think I'm at the point in my career with RVs that it's become more um, second nature to me and it's definitely gotten easier, but I'm still learning and I'm always learning more and more with each project. Yeah, I wish we could literally show every single person what you're like. I can't wait. I can't wait. You have to hop in the show notes, click on the links, follow and see what Tessa's up to. They're stunning. I can't, I want you to come to my house. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And it's such a blast for me. My mom is incredibly creative, very talented artist and taught herself everything while we were growing up. They were all, they were working on, on their home. And I don't think it was, it was more of a scrape that had not been fully um, completed yet. But I remember being a kid and fireplace 
getting bricked in and the wood floors and every single aspect of it. So that element is really fun. And then she would build stuff in the basement in her wood shop and wouldn't be able to get it upstairs. So she would build it, (laughs) not thinking about getting it up the stairs that there would be, she'd have to disassemble or put holes in the wall in order to be able to move it. So, so fun. And then we had an RV for a little while and weight is a real thing. And you are using gorgeous fixtures sinks, the whole, the whole thing, countertops, all of it. So are there special places that you're going for this? Are you weighing things out in order to find, yeah. how are you finding your, your, all your bits and pieces? Well, I don't have any single source for um, what I buy. I buy, <laughs> there's been times when I found something that was perfect for renovation a year earlier. I didn't know when I was going to use it, but I held on to it. So like my design process takes time. But for example, like I use um, what looks like marble slab countertops in all of my renovations. I actually hand paint that and I pour an epoxy top coat. So weight wise, you're talking about a pound or two different from the original super lightweight countertops. You know, standard RV furniture, a recliner that turns into a sofa bed. The one that I just pulled out of my newest renovation was 180 pounds. Um, the one that went in that's a residential furniture uh, sofa is 60 pounds. So um, yeah, weight's always there. I always have to pay attention to it. But honestly, it's not as hard as you would think because um, standard stuff sometimes gets really heavy. So replacing it can actually make it lighter in the long run. That's so fun. Yeah, you've literally thought through every single aspect of all of it. What what are what has become your most fun part to work on? Has there been like a yeah, oh man, part of each one? Um, there's. I feel like my job changes every single week because there's demo week, which is so much fun to me. I love tearing everything out and like you know ripping it all out. That's fun. Um, the prep the actual design part, the after effect of like me marketing and taking my final pictures and like letting the world see what I've done. That's really fun too. But I, I don't know the design process itself, picking things out, actually going shopping and getting things for it is, is a lot of fun to me. I I really do enjoy every step of this business. And I think that's what makes the end result so great is because it, it's really um, something I'm passionate about and I have fun doing it. Well, yeah, you literally have your hands in there doing it. It's so different than being outsourcing your vision to someone else for them to be able to come up with with that too. Um, Oh, gosh. And so the very first one you did was in 2012 or 2021? 2021. Yeah, 2021. Um, That one was a travel trailer. A lot of times now I work with fifth wheels, which have taller ceilings. Um, That one was was I paid $6,000 for it. Um, the first one that I ever got. And I, I sold it within 24 hours for $35,000 uh, when I was all said and done with it. And it was unrecognizable at the end of the day. So that was, that was really fun. And, and then, you know, from there, I had to grow my social media aspect of it, which is something I'm not great at. That's not like my cup of tea. Um, but there's just a lot of aspects to the business that I've had to learn along the way too. Yeah, for sure. And you're doing every aspect by yourself still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking into hiring out um, this year because of how much the business has grown. I'm completely booked for 2024. Um, so it's, it's a lot just on one person. And so I'm, I'm, I'm all about balance this year 
and making sure that burnout is not a thing. So um, yeah, I'm considering hiring out, but as of right now, it's all me. With the trend of everything that was going on, what, tell us what size this trailer was that you, the first one you did, what was the length? The first, um, the first one I did was I think 32 feet. It was like 31 or 32. Mm-hmm. And has so, your price gone up since, since then, or is it still about, does it totally depend on the flip and what you're doing? Or <clears throat> how do how are you coming up with, with how to charge people? Yeah, it, it completely depends on size model. Um, so the first one that I did was a, a 2009. Since then, I've typically do, I stay within 10 years old. Um, that first one was just, you know, my first, my first one I was learning. Um, but now I stay within 10 years old. The newest one that I have is huge. Um, it's a huge fifth wheel. It has a walk-in closet, a wraparound kitchen island. Like it's like a home that one's, um, 80,000. So I've sold lots of, um, prices in between, but it, it really varies a lot. Yeah. There's nothing like being able to walk into one. Anyway, we did a trip. My dad, um, had a vision of getting a fifth wheel in a, um, King ranch truck, the year that my brother graduated from college and they came and picked me up. I lived in Seattle at the time and it was amazing to be able to have your space behind you as we traveled all through Alaska and everywhere else. And it was oh, wow. pretty fancy then, but being able to see what you're doing is like, ah, oh, next level of really, truly walking in and feeling like you're in a luxury home. Yeah. Say like the feel of a tiny home, the way you have it styled and decorated and all of your design is so warm. Thank you. Yeah. I actually, a funny story. I um, joined a Facebook group once of RV, uh, like inspirations and stuff. And I posted one of my renos on there and the admin um, declined my post and they sent me a message and they said, sorry, this page is only for RVs, not homes. Um, because they thought they thought it was an actual home, like an apartment. And so, um, th- but that's, that's such a big compliment to me. Cause that's my whole goal with my business is to really make home like spaces. And I think mixing practicality and, and luxuriousness is what really makes luxury is making it livable and life proof, but also beautiful. And I think that's, that's rare um, to find in these tiny spaces these days. Yeah, I, it's it's rare. I feel like in in people's homes in general because it's not yeah. something that everybody is necessarily taking the time to make happen and be that intentional about it. A handful of years ago, I did a transition from the tea company's warehouse. And we outsourced to a co-packer, and we had I was moving a ton of the stuff home, and I didn't want to bring all of it with me. I wanted it to be super intentional. And so we've been using Marie Kondo's method and methodology ever since. And when there's a system that works and you find your space, that's, that fits yeah. you or you have the ability to do that. So can you walk us through right now? Are you, I would guess you have a wait list of um, that are like trying to find you or is that not necessarily the case yet are you custom are you doing custom for people or is this really your vision and then like how do you see it, this moving forward well it's it's both um so yeah right now i'm not taking anything for for this year because i um i have a tendency to overbook myself so i'm trying to to prevent that but i'm i'm fully booked this year i do custom jobs um since 2021 i've done five of my own renovations and by that i mean i buy the the rig 
I design it with my own design and I sell it. So similar to flipping a house. Um, but I've also done about four different custom renovations where people have bought, brought theirs to me and I've renovated it. Um, typically, I, I stay with the same style that I normally do, but, you know, I personalize it. So I do I do both things, custom and my own. I have to say, though, I do like doing my own designs um probably the most it's it's fun to to let the process unfold on my own time limit you know yeah and is there a floor model or a layout that you found that you really like more than another or have you have they all been different so far uh they've all been different although floor um the layout is really important to me so i don't buy any rigs with major issues so i don't get ones with leaks or water damage or anything like that um once that's been established and i know that it's a solid rig um, my next most important thing is the layout because if it's a cramped layout it's really hard to design that out um it's going to always feel kind of cramped so yeah layout's super big for me um they've all been different but but that definitely is important fun and this may be a ridiculous question but do they all come with um washers and dryers now or how how are they is every single one totally different yeah everyone's different um the last two that I've worked on the bigger fifth wheels, they typically have washer and dryers. And of course I buy everything new. So they're getting a brand new washer and dryer, brand new mattress, brand new furniture, everything's new. Um, but some of the smaller ones don't come with it. And I typically, as just a gift um, on the side, I'll get like manual washer and dryer things just to give to the people buying it. Um, but a lot of times situations like that, people will use like laundromats or, or whatever. But yeah, the bigger rigs usually do come with washer and dryers. That's so fun. Are people sending you pictures of and photos of, of their travels and where they are? Are people traveling or are they in one place? Has there been a, a hodgepodge of people? It's it's pretty back and forth. I have a couple um, traveling um, that, yeah, I've seen pictures and stuff, and it's really cool. I have a couple people using it as like mother-in-law's quarters, so they're living full-time in them. Um, I have one lady that's about to turn it into an Airbnb, so I'm super excited to see that. Um, cause I think that would be an awesome place to stay, but yeah, people are using them for a lot of different reasons and I love it. That's why I, I started this company for, for that. So it's awesome. Yeah. It is a game changer. We sold ours. I want to say in like 2018, 19, like before everything started to shift in a big way. And yeah. we had a cousin of mine went to Northern Michigan and I think it was on their honeymoon. I could have this off, but, um, and stayed in an RV up there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what were we thinking? Like the possibilities now are, are so fun and it's such a different energy and there are totally yeah. like potential tiny houses. And then there are gigantic rigs going down the road these days. They're getting so big. Yeah, they're really detailed and immaculate, some of them. I think Airbnb is awesome, though. I think I think using these for that is such a cool place because you're, part of your design is the scenery out the window and the fact that you can park it anywhere and, and change that scenery is so cool to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as um, here, we actually rent them now from other people too. So to be able to rent something that would be so nice for a weekend or to take where yeah. to be so much fun. So, so we got, um, we built a shed home and it was 284 square feet with a loft. And, um, so super small. And we had our son at the time, we just had one kid. Um, he was under, uh, he was about a year old. So we were all in there and 
I learned a lot about tiny living. I mean, you can expect so much from it, but when you're actually in it, you realize how much storage and just livability, like practicality is so important. So I'm really glad that we did that because I don't think I'd I'd come away um, with as much appreciation for small spaces if we didn't do that. I know I could put that, what I learned into my, my work. So it's cool. But yeah, we did that for about a year before we bought our house. So, so fun. And you are getting a fair amount of traction, I feel like too, as far as like being able to share this with different channels, different people, having lots of conversations and interviews recently. Yeah, it's blown up. And I really can't take credit for that at all. Um, I depend fully on my work speaking for itself because I'm not one to to market myself or get myself out there. Actually, this morning, HGTV Magazine just messaged me about doing an article um, my first couple ones that I did insider magazine did an article on me, apartment therapy. So I just, I got really lucky in this space and I'm really appreciative, um, for it, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning that as I go. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to talk to some really cool people though. That's so fun. And let us uh, tell, tell us a little bit about like where you grew up, what you experienced along the way that helped bring some of these things as well as your, your courage to take this leap of faith and teach yourself this whole entire yeah. thing. Yeah. I had a, I had a, um, different childhood, I think than most I, so I was homeschooled for one, um, education was really important to me, um, for my whole life. I, I I've always been one to con- want to continue learning. Um, I never wanted to go to college, so I never did go to college, but I graduated at 14 um, I I was very set on getting my first job uh, when I was 14. So I was a waitress at a tea room, actually. As soon as I turned 14, I had to convince her to hire me because I was so young. But yeah, my I, I really give my lack of fear um, the credit to my parents. There was this one time in particular where I had this idea to make a lampshade. I was like five. And I, I literally wanted to put two totally different pieces of fabric together, super glue them together and stick them on this frame. It was a horrible idea. And my mom was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's see how it turns out. There was no qualms, no like, no, it's not going to work. She was like, yeah, let's go for it. And I did that. And, you know, of course it came out horrible. And I think that was a really pivotal moment for me though, because I realized that failing wasn't scary. Um, you can do something and it not turn out the way you want it to be and it's fine life goes on you know failing could be a positive thing so um because of me growing up in a household like that i think the sky's the limit for me really and and i don't have that fear of trying anything yeah it's amazing to be able to think about the expansion and how much capacity we have and unfortunately i feel like that's a bit dampened in more traditional school systems of like such structure and don't get me wrong it works for a lot of people uh but it's, it's so neat to hear and see the empowerment that comes through from within when we're passionate about learning and the education and aligning with that and getting a job or going out into the world and making all that happen so when you sure. are working on these projects, you're choosing really great structures or at least as best as you can. Has there been any one situation that was one of your biggest learning curves so far? You know, there was a custom one that I did 
and there was a little bit of, of water damage in that one. And so I had to learn how to fix floors and stuff like that, which is something I try to, you know, avoid because I don't typically buy ones with issues. So, um, you know, there's always learning curves. I'm fortunate too, because my parents know everything when it comes to construction since they've been used to that. So my dad helps me out a lot. Thank goodness we're in a day of YouTube and things like that where we can research things online. I'm part of that generation that didn't have that at the very beginning, but then grew up with it. So it's, it's cool. I'm appreciative for it. But yeah, I think, I think just learning how to fix little things, there's always things that can go wrong in RVs and small um, structures. So you learn as you go, but yeah, yeah. Overall, I think, I think I'm, I'm just expecting to learn new things with, with each rig now. And it's, it's not so daunting anymore as it used to be. That's so fun. And are you doing new tires and all of that sort of thing? Or is it come, how are you negotiating all those parts? Yeah, new tires too. Um, I actually don't even own a truck to pull any of these. I started this business hiring out to get them towed to me. Um, I have a neighbor, luckily, who owns a tire shop and a towing service. So he actually does all my um, transports for me and he puts on new tires for every single rig. My whole thing is I try to make like homes in boxes, basically ready to go. So everything's new. I've replaced tires, even if they're kind of new, might be good. I just, I do it anyway. I want them to be better than new condition when I'm done with them. I think fear is what stops so much potential. I think so many people um, have things that they're meant to do and so many things that they're would be amazing at, but fear stops them. So um, just like with me, with this business, I really didn't know if it was going to be successful. I was prepared to do that first one and it really not come out great. And this to be kind of nothing and just to be a bump in the road. And it turned into a very successful business. So you, you take chances and you be excited about it. You hope for the best, give it your all. But I, I think more times than not, things turn out better better than expected. Yeah. Especially, especially when you're aligned with it, right? I feel like there's this, there's a freedom, there's a belief, there's a knowing when you're listening to a calling that is unique to you and your heart and a curiosity of a, what if I think the, Mm -hmm. what if question is so much fun, especially in situations like this, when it's like, what, what if it doesn't work out, then I get to learn, right? That's the only, the only way you're going to learn is, is through not, not getting to watch everyone else do what they're doing. And then your <laughs> own unique spin on it and really being able to pull through your design features that are, they make you happy um, and aren't necessarily for someone else or trying to fit someone else's vision or that sort of thing. You're attracting that attraction model is so strong and helps us with I'd say more abundance and flow than anything else, right? Is not for, for sure. people. It's getting to be our, our authentic selves and then pulling that through. Yeah. And everything you do is, is as long as it's on the right path, um, it's for the greater good. So even like with this, um, you know, I've gained so many connections from people along this way. And in, in, as opposed to if I chose something else to do and I let fear control me, even if the thing you do doesn't work out, you will be surprised looking back and seeing how many um, decisions led to the overall ultimate goal. I think everything everything is for a reason. So true. 
So I'm curious because you are doing a phenomenal job of marketing yourself, at least. Thank you. So what did you, what steps did you start to take or what curiosities did you have along the way that led you to wanting to be on podcasts or putting yourself out there and really talking about what it is that you're doing? Is that something that I think is the secret sauce to a lot of it as well is removal of fear to put yourself out there. So many of us, I think we think we're going to build an online course or we're going to build something and then nobody comes or there's crickets, right? So you have to actually let people know that you exist. And it seems like you're doing that really, really well. Thank you. Um, The podcast thing was a hundred percent because I was uncomfortable with it. And I think that there is growth in being uncomfortable. It started with um, the local TV station in Myrtle Beach. They came to my house and asked to do a whole segment on me. And um, they came for four hours and I was on TV and I was just so nervous. I mean, I was so not ready for TV. I, I, I don't know. I, it was, it was really overwhelming experience to me and I didn't want to be like that. One day I want my own TV show. I would love to be on HGTV. I'd love to make it all big. And I knew that I can't achieve those things if a little local TV station was making me want to throw up. Um, so basically I wanted to get comfortable in that space. I wanted to get comfortable talking to people. And I, I felt like podcast was something that was totally new to me. I listen to them all the time. I love them, but I was never on them. Um, so that was just one more step to really just doing uncomfortable things for growth, honestly. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I was yeah. on a segment here in Denver as well, too. Actually, the second one went so much better because the first one I was so nervous. Yeah. It's weird when you're like trying to get yourself to calm down inside and you can't. I know. Uh, it's like it makes it worse trying. Well, and, and what is that about, too? It's all story, right? Which is so much of what we create in our mind, which is what you're talking about with this fear. So I'm really glad this came up because it's completely imagined. We're not in a stressful situation. We're not, nobody's chasing after us. There's, there's like this made up adrenaline that we're creating in our body over whatever we've made that mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I try to look at successful businesses versus not, it's not just about money, but I mean like successful people, what I consider success. And there are always people who are just go for it, you know? Um, I see a lot of businesses fail because they put every penny into a logo and marketing and they don't actually work on the core of what they are doing, which is always themselves. If you don't have an authentic foundation, everything else is going to come after that and, and be the same way. So, um, yeah, I think I think just just going for it and being yourself, being comfortable with who you are and doing uncomfortable things is really such a key to success that it's overlooked these days. Two things I'm really excited about. Uh, One is I can't wait to hear about this show that you want to have on HGTV. And um, the other is something that I really love to ask entrepreneurs and business owners, which is what do you consider success? Because I think that's different for all of us. And we have this ideal of what we think it is. And then once you get into business, then you start to realize, ooh, like, Maybe I want this to be what my success equals or means. Yeah. Success to me is freedom with my time, especially as a mother, spending time with my kids, not when they're adults, but now when they're growing and when they're in this small age um, is, is my priority always. And I want to be my own individual person. 
and I want to be creative in my own way. Um, so that's important to me, but, but also being really present in my life. So having a successful business financially, um, isn't for me about material things and getting big houses and cars and things like that, but it's about being able to spend my time how I want. Traveling is huge for my family. Our dream one day is to live in the South of France and be there for about six months out of the year and to get a little little place up there. We've wanted that for years. So yeah, yeah, freedom and and being able to spend time how I want is is really the ultimate goal for me and 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 doing something that I'm passionate about not being in a nine to five type situation for me is really important. Did you have uh, nine to fives besides your, the, the tea shop that you worked at when you were 14? Oh yeah. I, um, I worked at, uh, when I was a teenager, I worked at Starbucks and Panera, um, Panera bread for like years and years. And I was a trader there. Um, I also worked at a flower shop and stuff like that. Um, I always had, I was always working ever since I was 14 years old and, and at jobs like that. So and I enjoyed every single one of them. I look back and I'm so thankful for that experience because it, it definitely shaped me. I guess I started working fully for myself for my parents' company when I was around like 21. So I've been, I've been doing that ever since. All right. So as a clarity coach, my one of my favorite things ever is getting to hear glimmers and, and bits and pieces of, of a, a deeper and or possible larger, they're not always larger, um, but a different vision and a more expansive vision for you. And it sounds like that might be a, a TV show on HGTV. Can you walk us through what that what that looks like to you and, and how you see that coming to fruition or what what feelings you want to evoke in that, what that means to you? Oh man, that would be everything to me. Really, I think for this year and this uh, moment in time for me, I'm really focused still on preparing myself for it. Feeling deserving of it is a really big thing. Imposter syndrome always comes through and things like that. So really nipping that uh, in the bud and, and working on myself. So that way, when the opportunity presents itself to me, I am ready. Um, that there's no preparation needed. Um, that's what I'm really focused on right now. I actually had some producers reach out to me and do like an interview um, over Zoom for a potential TV show and stuff. So that's that's always that's always potentially there. I'm excited to see what will come of it. But right now, I am just crossing my fingers and really trying to um, center myself and, and work on myself and get myself ready for that. And do you see it as... Have, have you seen this since you were little? Is this something new? Is this something just since you've been working with RVs? How, where has this come from? Um, the TV thing was never like a, a dream of mine since I've been a kid or anything like that. That's, but I think that stemmed from imposter syndrome. Honestly, I never thought that I was like good enough for that kind of thing. So that's, that's been a gradual like realization that I've been working on. But yeah, no, it really didn't even come into the picture until till 2021 with the RV thing. I guess my goal right now is to really be appreciated and known as a designer um, for what I'm doing more than anything else, whether that means TV or not. That's what's important to me. And can you see can you see anything right now at this moment in time as far as calling you forth or being on TV a little bit more? Can I see it? Um, yeah, I think. I think the, even, even as silly as it sounds, even that local like TV segment and stuff, I don't know, that sparked something in me. Um, the second the cameras were rolling and everything was going, it felt 
natural to me and it was exciting and you know it's just something you have to be in it really to feel it so yeah that I I can definitely see that being a a life course for me for sure if that happens I'd, I'd love it yeah it's so interesting isn't it I I mean, I had no idea what I was walking myself into besides a girlfriend called and said that they had an open spot for, I don't know, a snowy day or something like that. And it ended up being a perfect segment for the timing. And mm-hmm. I had just done a, a workshop, I don't know, two or three day workshop or something for entrepreneurs. And it was focused on uh, modeled off of, or Damon John was the face of it. I don't know how much of it he actually you know, did and there's like a $15,000 buy-in and then they coach you and on and on. And as I was turning the corner to walk and get on the set, Damon John walks right past me. And I was like, this is different. Oh, wow. There's something different about being on TV, right? Or like in that environment. I totally get what you're saying as far as that charge or whatever happens. And I just, I encourage all of you listeners, no matter what it is, that's in your heart or a calling or a whisper or something that might be tapping you on the shoulder to play with it. Because it's the only way we figure out if that's a spark or if it's not. That could have been nothing to me, right? Just walking in and being absolutely fine or not getting a charge for it, similar to what you're experiencing and saying, I want to be really comfortable talking, Um, getting to do the podcast the first time. I'm pretty sure I had notes and I was like, trying to be all professional and me too. <laughs> it's not who I am. So like that is yeah. not going to work. I got to be authentic and, and stick with what I know. Uh, so yeah, thank you for sharing all of those, those pieces. And I'm so stoked. I'm pumped to see where, where you're headed and, and what you're up to and the impact that you're making in people's lives. It's, there's a vibrational frequency that is so I don't know. It's charged for me when I get to see your work. I can't wait to be in one of Thank your movies one day and or for us to hire you for some fun project. Thank you. That means so much to me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, how can everyone find you? Where can they where can they see what you're up to and, and follow you or or come purchase your fantastic yeah. products? Yeah, so um, I have a website and I post mainly on Instagram right now. I'm trying to expand that. Uh, my website is alchemyrvrenovations.com and my Instagram, same name, alchemyrvrenovations. So my Instagram is more like uh, how-tos. It kind of sees what I'm doing every day before and after. And the website will always have my newest ones that I have up for sale and all my previous work in like a nice little bundle. So you can find me on either either place. So, so fun. Well, I thank you so much for your time today and for your passion and the ripple effect that you're making in the world and stoked to get to watch your journey and and see what's next. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. One of the most generous things you could do at this moment is head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review this podcast if it touched your heart or helped you in some way. All of us here are wishing you a phenomenal day filled with love, abundance, and infinite possibilities. Until next time.